So let me ask you a question. Uh, feel free to answer this. Um, actually, you can use the, uh, what's it called? The reaction button, reactions there at the bottom. How many of you, just with a thumbs up, have, uh, how many of you will not be surprised by what you get for Christmas? How many of you will not be surprised? Because you, you've already shaken that package and you know what it is, or you're in one of those families that um, they just ask you what you want and that's, that's what you get. Um, what is it? How many of you? I guess I need to change the view so I can actually see what people are saying here. So most of you are going to be surprised. Is that how it is? How many of you, how many of you like surprises? Uh, let me ask it this way. Um, if, um, if you were uh, in, in the chat feature, let me know if you are, you do not like surprises. Just, you do not like them. Mm -mm. Jane just put LOL to, uh, I don't know if that means. Okay, Mary, Mary Beth, you love surprises. Uh, Jane, I like good surprises. I, yes, that's for sure. Uh, depends on the surprise. Okay, Kimberly, I get that. Rebecca loves them. That does not surprise me. Brenna, okay, there we go. We got someone finally being honest. Doug, not, not so much. Um, Karen, not a fan of surprises. Okay, yeah. Um, Susanna Beck, or maybe that's Larry. I don't know, but uh, no surprises. Yeah, I would agree with you. Sometimes I love surprises, and but sometimes I feel a lot more comfortable when I know what's about to happen. And in fact, when I can actually control what is about to happen. Um, uh, Brenna, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay, can you unmute? What is it that you what what is it that you hate about surprises? I don't like the unknown and I don't like not being in control. <laughs> ah. Thank you for verbalizing what so many of us feel. Yeah. <laughs> I I hear you. Um well I you know what I have have learned as I have read scripture is apparently God loves surprising people. So if if you don't like surprises, um, then there's going to be some aspects of being a follower of Jesus and patterning your life after him that, that might kind of, kind of bother you a little bit. Um, I think God loves to surprise people. Um, maybe you, like me, have been surprised by God's unexpected will, his unexpected actions, uh, maybe just surprised by the way he's invited you to draw close to him. Even when I know God's unchanging character, that he is good, that he is loving, and that he is just. I, even knowing those things about his character, we still cannot predict what God is thinking, what God will do next, or how he will go about doing it. I... I've been thinking about where I was this time last year, and this is when everybody was kind of giving all of the, uh, using all the, you know, 2020 vision um, cliche things, you know, oh, 2020, it's going to be the year that we have clear vision and clarity 
And I think God just started laughing this time last year, knowing what, what was going to happen. We're, we're living in a season that's marked by being caught off guard and surprised by what is happening. And so this morning, I want us to take a minute to, to look at, at um, this young teenage girl named Mary who uh, responded to life's unexpected moments and never would have guessed possibilities in a way that's really a model for us. In fact, there's kind of a three-step process that, that she walked through that maybe we could learn from. And uh, we're gonna look at uh, Luke 1, beginning in verse 26, and we're gonna go through verse 38. So we're gonna go up to where John was reading earlier in the service. So if you've got a Bible, um, grab that and follow along with me. And uh, whether you have a Bible with you or uh, you're just going to listen in, do your best to put yourself in this story. Be a fly on the wall. Be, imagine what it was like, just using your imagination to be here for this huge surprise. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now let me pause right there. Some of you in the chat feature were like, yeah, I love a surprise when it's good. And this is where the word favored can kind of, you know, you got to be careful here. Um, there's a difference between being favored and favors. Okay, when someone is, is doing a favor for you, then, you know, oh, that's always good. But this is a little bit different here. You are highly favored. You are highly chosen for a special reason. The Lord is with you. Continuing on in verse 29. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. It kind of makes me think maybe, maybe Mary wasn't a big fan of surprises. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Surprise, Mary, big surprise here. And so what we see next is how she responded to this over the top, huge surprise. Mary's first response is a question. She says in verse 34, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? It, it, it made no sense to her what the angel had just said, so she asked a question to clarify what she thought she heard. It sounded impossible, so she asked a question along the lines of, are, are you sure you have the right person? Because Mary, it, the way Mary responds is, how is this going to happen? Because there's some things that you, maybe you need to find someone else who is better suited, who kind of fits this. 
are you sure you have, it's almost like at the, at the hospital, you know, they give you the band and before they administer any, you know, additional medications or something, they always check that band or they ask you what your name and uh, birth date and all that. And it's kind of like Mary's looking at the angel going, I, this, that's, I think you've got the, you're in the wrong room. So Mary is, is troubled. So she asked a question instead of running from what scared her. And I want to pause on that. This, what Mary set for us in a way of example are these three things, a question, belief, and availability. Question, belief, availability. So we start off with this question. She was troubled, so she asked a question, and she did that instead of running from what scared her. At least that's that's what I'm picturing in my head. And that speaks to me because I can be one that when I'm caught off guard, I don't I don't know that I want to ask questions. I think I want to just find another situation where I would be more comfortable. But what Mary does is she reminds me that questions are asked by those who are courageous. I am inspired by people who push back when things do not make sense. And especially when it comes to their faith, I'm encouraged when people take their own faith in the Lord serious enough to ask the tough questions. So when God surprises you, when God does or allows the unexpected, I want you to know that it's okay to ask questions. Asking a question doesn't necessarily mean that you doubt God or that you're against what he is saying. Um, it really could be a sign, a courageous sign, and also an indicator that you're, you're taking this serious, whatever this surprise is. And so maybe when God surprises you, some of the questions that you might ask are along the lines of, uh, God, you will still love me despite my past? How can this be? Um, God, you're going to be with me through this whole storm? How can this be? God, there are innocent people who are suffering. How can this be? God, I have spent my whole life doing my best to follow you. And now this? How can this be? If you don't yet believe that God is all he claims to be, I want to encourage you to keep asking questions. If maybe there was a time when you did believe, but your faith has been shaken, and if you're struggling right now to believe, I want you to know that God can handle your questions. You know what? I, I, I believe we have a healthy church for several reasons. And one of them is, um, I believe a healthy church um, doesn't, require a whole bunch of people to have all the answers. See, I think the sign of a healthy church is one in which we've created an environment where it's okay to ask questions. I, I love the, the pockets of community in which I've seen that take place. The, the dynamics of a Sunday gathering are not typically conducive to the give and take of questions and answers. Um, when we're in person, uh, sometimes those do happen in, in like small circles, but the way we're having to do things now, all of us in a Zoom call, it might be uh, more challenging for that to take place. 
And that's why we have our faith communities. And that's why even within those groups, it's common for a circle of maybe two, three, four people to gather in ways that invite questions. Now, I want to add that we may not have answers to all your questions, but again, the sign of a healthy church is creating that environment where you can ask those questions, and it's also, it's, it's really healthy just to be with people. Maybe they don't have all the answers, but they lean in, and they're good listeners, and they can tell that they're taking you serious as you are taking your faith seriously. So when you're surprised, it's okay to ask questions. In fact, I, I think God honors the fact that you are willing to ask questions. Then we continue on and we see um, after the questions that Mary responds in belief and availability. Let me read these verses. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Then even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was able, who, who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. So she hears all this. And Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. And I, this is where that second part of the process, we've asked questions, but we do have to come to a point of belief. A belief in what? Well, let's look at what Mary said. She said, I am the Lord's servant. In other words, she, she kind of said, you know, what you just described um, is above my pay grade. She heard what the angel Gabriel had to say, and she's like, oh boy. Um, so, but her belief, so it seems to me, is rooted in who God is and in who she is in relation to God. The last thing Gabriel, this heavenly messenger, says to Mary is no word from God will ever fail. And at that point, maybe Mary heard all she needed to hear. I'm sure she still had more questions over the next several months, I would think that uh, wonderment became the norm for Mary in this season. But it's almost like she said, I don't understand the details, but I believe in the Lord. I believe in Yahweh, the Most High God. Mary grew up in a culture where she would have been very familiar with the writings of Isaiah the prophet. And Isaiah was inspired to write on behalf of the Lord in um, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. The Lord says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Again, I think God loves to surprise us. We can ask questions. But at some point, we have to believe, maybe not in the particulars of how he's going to bring it about, but we believe that he is God. And we are not. He is the most high God. And then with this, it's like Mary immediately pivots from belief 
to making herself available. Uh, this is almost simultaneous the way it reads. So she is asked a question. She says, here I, am, here I am, the Lord's servant. And then she says, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. For Mary, availability was simultaneous with this belief, but that's not always the case for us. Can we admit that? <laughs> we may say we believe, but we remain reluctant to act on our belief, to follow through on the belief. Do we believe who God says he is? And then will we make ourselves available based on who God says he is? I don't know about you, but sometimes I will believe, but instead of moving to availability, I go back to the question stage. I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, I believe you, God, but if you could tell me the how again, could you? Could we go over that one more time? Mary just said, may your word to me be fulfilled. And it's a beautiful picture of, um, yes, availability, but within that submission, um, humility, obedience, May your word to me be fulfilled from belief to, okay, let's do this. Okay, let's, let's do this. When it comes to the belief, I want to go back to that and say that Mary said, I am your servant. Let me ask you a question. Do we believe who God says he is? And do we believe who we are in relation to him? When we find ourselves surprised, when we find ourselves uh, in a position where we can't control what comes next, do we believe who God says he is and do we believe who we are in relation to him? Can we pray a prayer that kind of goes along with Mary's confession? Lord, I don't understand the details, but I believe in you. Maybe you need to jot down that prayer and uh, return to it in the next few days or in the next few weeks. Lord, I don't understand the details, but I believe in you. Or as we read in scripture, there, were, there was a time when someone said, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, I don't understand the details, but I, I'm going to believe you as much as I can right now. And then will our belief and availability be simultaneous? Or will we go back to questioning? Mary said, may your word to me be fulfilled. And we're going to sing a song. It's, it's titled Available. We sang it uh, for the first time just a, a few weeks ago. And as we, as we let these words that Jane sings kind of be sung over us, but also as we are moved to participate in this, um, I, I hope that we can find this in this a prayer where we can be courageous enough in the midst of our questions and in the midst of surprises that maybe we really didn't want after all, we can still believe who God is, um, our relationship that doesn't change and make ourselves available. Father, 
I just want to say thank you that I can call you father. You have been a good father to me. You have been a good father to us. And because you are that perfectly good father, I know, I know I can trust you. It's hard, but thank you for your patience. And thank you for listening to my questions. Lord, I, I think that you smile really big and you jump up and down and, and, and say, oh, but there's some good things that are going to happen when I, when I finally do agree and I make myself available, when we make ourselves available. Lord, grow us to that point where our love for you is unshakable and our belief in being your beloved is so anchored within us that we can make ourselves available in the midst of any surprise. It's in your name I pray. Amen.